Wizard of Whiskey presents Swig and Ramble, a podcast for the modern age. Come for the whiskey, stay for the shit show. Introducing Justin Curry at Wizard of Whiskey, Julia Men at The Wee Tipple, and Mindy Schwartz at Whiskey Editor, with special guest David T. Smith, with special guest Kelly Rivers. And now, pour yourself a drink and enjoy the show. I know I will. Welcome back, Ramblers. Uh, I hope you're you're ready for another um, another shit show uh, <laughs> here on the Swig and Ramble. Um, I am Justin, as you all know, uh, joined by the illustrious, uh, devilishly handsome uh, Julia Men, yes. uh, <laughs> um, <clears throat> the incomparable Mendy Schwartz, uh, the feel like you should be almost like. Um, Indiana Jones-esque with your knowledge, uh, Kelly Rivers, uh, and uh, some guy named David. Uh, he looks like a circus um, magician. <laughs> <laughs> or like a, a ringmaster. Yeah, ring yeah. He's wearing a top hat. And a vest. Yeah, and a vest, yeah. I, I, so we have P.T. Barnum for, for our show. <laughs> Thank you. Glad we could have you, D.T. Um, so yeah, we're going we're gonna to jump right back in, honestly, to... To Jen and Food Part Two. Oh my god, this and is so good. Julia is barely able to hold her excitement. <laughs> okay, um, let me just say. Okay, the sleeping giant gin with fresca and this dark chocolate banana coconut thing. Holy shit, that's amazing. Can I finish my intro? No. Okay. <laughs> All right, and that's the intro. So we're gonna jump right into what sour is my mash. I've got one, and it has to do with interrupting. But we're hey. gonna come. Back- <laughs> hey. We're gonna come back to that. Um, Mr. Smith, what sour is your mash? Well, thanks, Justin. Nice to see you again. It's been a while. It has um, been. Well, that was my fact <laughs> is uh, formal dress, in particular, black tie. Now, I understand the irony of saying this whilst wearing a top hat, but <laughs> if I see an invitation and it says black tie, I'm not going. I'm not interested. Why do I have to go and, I mean, I have a tuxedo, but you have to go and you, but if you don't, you've got to go and rent a tuxedo or buy a tuxedo. Everyone looks the same. They all look really boring. No one knows how to tie a bow tie properly, so they're all pre-tied. What's the point? If you're not if you're not going to do it properly, then just don't bother. Just let people wear their smart clothes or use the term dress to impress. Okay. I understand that. I'm living in California at the moment. We do black tie-dye. Oh, what um, is that? Nothing. It's not a thing. <laughs> I made it up. But I don't think I've worn pants in three years. So, yeah, even to formal events. So anyway. Pretty black tie. That's what I Yes, think. exactly. Um, Kelly, what's that was your mash? Well, I will say that is the shortest uh, uh, mash showering I've heard from Smith on his dislike <laughs> of black tie. Oh, I mean, I, if you want me to I get was, started. I mean, no, I mean, I was just, I was uh, Let, let's very just, impressed I mean, by you, your You brought it back now, Kelly. I'm, I'm coming back in now. Just so you know. <laughs> It's the standard. But if you have a tie, if you're wearing black tie, and you've not tied it yourself, and someone pulls your tie, like, and they see, oh, they've not tied their bow tie themselves, you have to buy everyone a barrel of drinks. That is the that is the practice. And those that say that tying a black tie is hard, 
for goodness sake, it's exactly like tying a pair of shoelaces. So if you can't tie a pair of shoelaces and you're an adult and you get an invite to black tie events, I don't know, honestly. You've got, you got my gander up now, Kelly. Thanks I for that. I was well chilled. If you have a black tie event and someone comes up to in your personal space and tries to tug at your tie and you haven't actual tied it and it's 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 like a a pre-tied one, you owe everyone around a drink. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's a never it's a heard naval, about that one. But it's a naval um in like the officer's mess. But yeah, if you're at a function, I'm totally gonna do that from now on. I'm like, you owe me a drink and you owe me a drink. Yeah, you, you owe, owe me, me a drink. drink. You owe me a drink. You owe me a drink. <laughs> the amount of people that will owe you a drink, Kelly. Not me. I can tie a bow, a bow tie. Do you know how? Because well, I can tie some shoelaces. That's what I say, because you can tie your shoelaces. Okay, well, sorry to get, get Smith back on that rant. Um, so, what grinds my junipers? Well, uh, this one has been a big one for me living in New York. Um, people who litter. Oh, uh, right? Yeah. What the? Right? Like, uh, it's so, like, there are so many, and they're not always um, emptied, but there's so many, like on every street corner, a trash can in New York and in Brooklyn. Yep. And uh, the amount of people that I see just walking and just arbitrarily dropping things. And it's not like you accidentally dropped it. I've dropped things accidentally, but like there, it was like purposeful. And the other one that gets me is when people are in driving and open the car door to drop something out of their car. Oh my God. Like, yeah. That is the worst. Oops. Like, Dumping oh, yeah. liquid, that's one thing, but just opening up to like throw things out the like the door, like this is like the worst of humanity. Yeah. Or yeah. they throw I actually they empty a piece of things out the window. It's awful. Like what the wrong what's wrong with people? They suck. Scum. Scum yeah, yeah. Yeah. I but they actually tie their own ties, so of... there's that. No, no. I found a piece of litter the other day I was walking along and I thought, who's left this scrap of paper on the floor? And I picked it up and it said Ten pounds. And there's a picture of the Queen on it, and I was very pleased. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but they were still littering. True. True. Uh, Mindy. Oh, I get on the spot. Um, my phone. Or is my mash? My phone um, has not quit ringing and dinging oh. and sending me alerts at all hours of the day and night. This is the first trip I have taken away from my family in four years. <laughs> my husband stayed home in New Mexico with my daughter, and I love him to pieces. But it's the moment I leave, everybody becomes the neediest person on earth, and I'm the only person that can fix it. And I've turned my ringer off. I'm not answering. I'm on vacation. Good show. I'm drinking. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, it was very empowering to turn off all my work notifications because mm -hmm. I've never done that before. I'm like, I'm going to go out on a limb and just stop all that. And it's been, it's been good. Yeah. Julia and Mindy are out of the office this week. Please try again later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'll drink to that girl. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> People know even when I'm in the office, don't bother me. <laughs> Must be nice. Yeah. What about you, Justin? Oh, speaking of needy people. <laughs> I know what I need and I tell people. Yeah, speaking of needy people, I <laughs> this one guy keeps calling me a couple of times a day. I get it. I'm gonna pay you your stupid credit card money. Stop fucking calling me. Yeah. Like, hey, oh wait, hold on. Then. Wait, where's wait, my phone? Where'd your phone go? Why you didn't turn your phone on mute? Oh. <laughs> Oh, it's the same guy. Speak of the devil. So I have this credit card that I always forget about because it's like one of those that I literally tore up the card, but I still have the account. 
it's like eight dollars and something cents a month for the annual fee they just charge it every month and they do that so they can screw you because if you forget to pay the eight dollars and 75 cents a month you get charged with the fee i've forgotten to pay this stupid bill for like a week now and they keep calling me i get it you're needy i'm not ghosting you i will get to you simmer down all right let me just close the account um so so here's, right? well here's the or thing put it on auto pay when you do that there's no such thing as auto pay when you do that for this for this account when you do that it fucks your credit so now you've got me on a whole fucking thing credit <laughs> yeah we do we're, we're actually going to do an entire episode of just sours our mash we're gonna save go. that we don't have the time for that. no nope, nope, not today nope, nope. We have so much delicious gin Fine, and what's your food. What's ours? My mash? Oh, honestly, my poor fucking nails. Um, so I work with a lot of cardboard boxes every day. And there were hundreds of them yesterday. And my nails are really quite short for me. I still busted two of my nails and it really hurts and it's painful. And it's just like unsightly and obnoxious. And yeah, yeah I'm a feminist, but I liked having nice nails-ish. It's I just, feel like it's, it's obnoxious. I feel like Bevelance is going to be playing paying for a couple of manicures. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Well, that's. I mean, it's short, a little bit stupid, but there it is. That's what sours my mash, my busted nails. Okay. That's why I drink. What are you drinking? I am drinking. Okay. Well, so I totally wow. butted into that. Was my ear and which is now covered in lime, by the way. Just so yeah. you know, lime. Uh, so uh, what about three and a half minutes ago when Justin was doing the intro? Uh, I was doing a the sleeping giant gin with the fresca citrus grapefruit soda. And that was really delicious with the chocolate. And now I have moved to oh something, a product that's near and dear to my heart, the Lee Spirits Company dry gin. I love all of Lee Spirits stuff. I had followed them on Instagram for two years. And then I ended up in Colorado Springs, which were their base. And I became friends with like all the people in the head distiller and I'm friends with them to this day, even though I'm not there and they just make such great shit. Oh my God. Their Navy strength is one of my favorites, but uh, I was very excited to find it. All of the hundreds of boxes Justin has is one of their dry gin bottles. So I did that with a little bit of tonic and a squeeze of lime and you squeezed it all over Justin. I did. He deserved <laughs> it. He had it coming. It's fine. <laughs> uh, but it's just delightful. Um, it's a really great gin made for mixing and it just pairs beautifully with a lot of stuff across the board it's very easy going very nice i'm a fan go lee spirits thanks if you're in colorado springs go to brooklyn's on boulder i've been there it's a fun joint <laughs> right yeah it's so good uh yeah their bartenders are out of this world it's a it's a speakeasy joint and you you walk in through it looks like, like a, a little, it yeah. looks like a haberdashery, yeah. but it's just like a closet and you have to have the secret code and knock on the door and be yep. let into this secret bar. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's, and their cocktails are knockout good. Mm -hmm. And they have a rotating menu. A lot of times, um, Phil, the main distiller and the head bartender, he would do all sorts of different themes, but one of them was like comics or superheroes or like old school tv shows and create cocktails based on those like he did a team rocket one he just the creativity in that joint is just really awesome <laughs> Kelly, you whole, have, go ahead david sorry i was gonna say there's a whole batman themed 
no, not Batman theme. Gotham themed bar, but it's like four bars in London. Yeah, that's bizarre. cool. But it's all very like subtle. <laughs> so it's like you're in Gotham. Very odd. Interesting. They probably can't use the word Gotham because it's a trademark. Yeah, probably so not. No, it's called Park Row, I guess. For the for the no. people that know these things about comics and stuff, they might that might have some reference. But there's a uh, one of the things that's got a big penguin in the atrium. There's one of the bars called Pennyworths. Evidently, like that was allowable. But, um, very nice when I went there. Anyway, so if you're in London and you like Batman, check that place out. How it makes any money, I've no idea. But there we go. <laughs> Not my problem. <laughs> like Philly. Okay. Um, is that everybody? We've all nope. showered our mash with what's in our glass. Okay, so that was Julia's what's in her glass. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was just Julia. Wow, that was just that one. Was just Julia. There yeah. are a lot. Wait, but that wasn't even that long. I just talked about a good friend. Okay. Justin, what are you drinking? Um, what the hell am I? Oh, I'm drinking this. <laughs> is this is Secrets Distilling Company Gin. Speaking of cool bottles, but I, but I'm doing it with a, a twist. I have Fresca. I found Fresca somehow. We found Fresca the other day. Um, grapefruit, citrus. And somehow the combination of these two products creates, oh, and a, a lime, has created gingerbread in a glass. What? Smell that. Holy shit. Oh, that's bizarre. That's super <laughs> fucking weird. I went back to smell it and I'm like, oh, okay. Somehow we've created gingerbread. So, wow, it's super interesting. I'm going to get back to this, um, and I'm going to probably throw this with, like, an, I don't know, Almond Joy or something. But in the meantime, Kelly, what's in your glass? Uh, well, David has asked me, uh, previous before jumping on, what would I pair with pink gin? Pink gin being, of course, the, the European um, uh, berry-flavored strawberry, rhubarb, raspberry uh, that is sweeping the European continent. Not as much here in the United States. It's slowly trickling in. So, but I picked one of my favorite oh. distillers of all time, Tierno out of Sweden with their pink gin and I'm drinking it with just some soda water um, because the gin is that good and the bubbles really do open up and uh, allow. But to answer Smith's question of what I would pair pink gin with. With um, Angus or Well, which, so there's pink gin that's traditionally, which would be, uh, traditionally it was Plymouth gin from Blackfriars and Angostura bitters, um, just a few drops. So the first actual cocktail. Uh, we talked last uh, last episode about the first gin and food pairing, or alcohol and food pairing mean gin gingerbread. The first cocktail pairing with gin would be pink gin, which would just be uh, gin and a few dashes of Angostura. Uh, but yeah, what would you have the, that with? Oh, that one. Oh man, pink gin as the cocktail. I would really probably have it with um, like either um like oysters on the half shells oyster rockefeller or even um uh shrimp cocktail so something in that salient shrimp cocktail mm. i like it shrimp cocktail. I like the yeah. idea of shrimp cocktail. a little bit of fattiness a little mm. bit of like iodine-ness nature i think that would be the way to go digging the mix <laughs> i like that that's a good idea what about the other pink gin because to be fair I didn't the fruit pink gin um so growing up in germany cheesecake was actually a breakfast item and it was made with cork and cork is kind of like a farmer's cheese 
like a, like a nice a ricotta salada no. type of thing. And you basically make a souffle with that, a little bit of like orange zest, a little bit of spice. Um, and it has no um, crust. So no graham cracker, no flour, no nothing. And you bake it in a water bath and it puffs up like a souffle and you serve it at room temperature so that the creamy, orangey, slightly sweet um, nature with the berry of a gin, I think would go very well together. Mm. I like it. Interesting. Mr. Smith, what's in your glass? I um, gin and ting, or as I like to call it, uptown top ranking. Um, ting is a Jamaican uh, grapefruit soda. I've got it here, gin, grapefruit, and I paired it with, because I found that it worked very well, a little smoked salmon pate on this little poppy seed pin. Whoa, yes. that, that is that some yeah. serious bougie. I mean, you are in a top hat, so I would expect no less, but that's a great picture. Why is this? You should do a business card or something. That's just a great image of you right there. The oh, thank you. The um, yeah, and the monocle. He needs a monocle. Yeah, yeah. I will send you a the monocle. Smoke worked well, really well, with the citrus. Because, you know, like you think about like a Paloma or something, you might have some smokiness coming through from the agave. And working with grapefruit. So actually, anything that's smoked with grapefruit, smoky nuts, whatever it might be. I love me some good smoky Wait. nuts. <laughs> wasn't that your nickname? Wasn't that your nickname in, in uh, university, smoky nuts? What smoky nuts? <laughs> that was your nickname in uni. <laughs> One of them. It may, it may or may not have been in college, but it is now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Mindy, I think you're the only one left. Oh, yeah. I poured mine out. Um, oh, okay. it, it was apparently not good. Resounding review there, right? Okay. I had um, Doc Porter's uh, cleverly crafted gin, craft spirit out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I paired it with the fresca and a squeeze of lime. And I, I tried to enjoy it and I just didn't. I couldn't, couldn't make it work. Oh, not, so not dumped pairing. It. I dumped it. Um, I'm going to give it another shot and eat here in a minute. <laughs> Maybe it was the fresco that was throwing me off with the botanicals. I'm not sure, but don't, don't do that one. Mm. Well, I tried the Old Forge Distillery Tennessee Roots Harvest Gin made in Tennessee bourbon barrels, but it, it's definitely very, very light on the aging, really light on the color. It's not, it's more of a tinged yellowy green versus like the dark orangey brown of some of the other barrel rusted ones. Um, so this does taste much more like a gin versus having those sweet barrel notes coming in with some of the older ones. Um, lovely in and of itself. It paired beautifully well <laughs> with uh, this, this pink, oh, what is this? Lemonade flavored? I don't know. This, the pink Mr. Freezy. Um, so I don't know what you call, call it in other states. We always call them freezies, but basically the pink popsicle, what's it thingies. Um, that was really good when you had the gin in one glass and the freezy pop in another. When you mix them, just don't mix them. That was not good. <laughs> but, you know, we experiment here. We try new things. But uh, I want to tell you, I'll save you that step. Don't mix them. Except separately. Except separately. <laughs> Sounds like an oxymoron, but I'm just going to go. With it. It's fine. Don't mix them except separately is that what you just said yeah you said that was any you said that yeah okay well she like poured the freezy pop in yeah, yeah. I, I, it was I not saw. good but but if you have the gin and then you eat the freezy pop then it's really good but if you put the freezy pop into the gin it's no bueno our resident 
alcoholic popsicle expert. <laughs> Says, don't is, try it at home. Is Kelly Rivers. <laughs> so she has horror stories. I'm sure Vietnam era flashbacks to some of the things we have done to her, unfortunately. Um, so I'm going to pass on the popsicle thing. I, I think mine was like pineapple or something. It was weird. Um, so I'm going I'm <laughs> to pass on the popsicle. To be fair to Kelly, I once was at a judging and we had the same popsicles and they didn't have a freezer. They just had a cold fridge. Nice. So just, oh. just a cocktail. <laughs> yeah. So just cocktail just in a liquid in a glass. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't translate, sadly. doesn't translate at all. Um, I have a question which is more philosophical if you're happy to go down that route. What is the point of gin and food pairing? Yeah, we're supposed to be uh, Betty Crockering this shit this oh. episode. So. Actually, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> because while Mindy was talking, I came up with an idea. <clears throat> oh, oh, that's boy. scary. Yeah. We I'm are nervous. going to do a segment on this show called What's on the Gin You? And it is going to be basically us planning a dinner party with the gins that we have in our glasses and the meals that we'd like to have with it. Ooh. So I think all three of us at the moment are tasting the Rogue Pinot Spruce Gin. Oh, that's um, a nice choice. That's a nice and choice. I, and we're going to come up with... It's so interesting. Something that nose. we're going to do on the table. And we're going to maybe, the next time we get together, we're going to do these things. And, and you guys will have to be... Are you familiar with oh, what is the name? It's a French cocktail. It's called. Oh, I know it's basically it's a it's a long cognac basically. So it's a fine or fine brandy, and then you add water to it, cold water, and it's just lengthened. And that's all it is. It's just usually cognac, and it's lengthened. Um, and I can't think of the name of it now. Uh, it's one of the early, it's, it's one of the first drinks in Casino Royale. That's, what, that's how I came across it. But I could imagine something like the pink spruce aged gin working really well, just with chilled water and lengthen. And actually, that was very much the way, um, even until the 1950s, that the old kind of gin families of England would drink their gin. It, it, not even with tonic. It would either you have your gin neat or you'd have it lengthened with water, and that was it. And yeah, I think, you... like, if you were talking about having something perhaps as an alternative to wine, yeah, then maybe... That, yeah, the funny thing is if you go to, like, vintage shops or, or uh, like, um, you know, antique fairs, you'll start seeing these little pitchers, so like Gordon's pitchers or Plymouth's pitchers or anything. Well, with the little put... jugs with gin brands on them. Really? Yeah, jugs with gin brands. I, I've I've, uh, never, I've seen never seen those. I don't know anyone that collects those. So yeah, it's basically <laughs> brands would would put out for for customers little ceramic uh, jugs with their brands on it to put the chilled water to top off your room temperature gin with. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and particularly in the UK, because I guess the thing, I mean, we've, we're, we're, we're staring away here, but, well, you know, we're Betty Crocker in it, so let's go. Uh, <laughs> um, it doesn't translate, translate. I, I know who Betty Crocker is. I'm not that much of a philosopher. I know that. But, um, but ice was not a big thing in the, in the UK. I mean, I think, like, even, like, in the 70s, only half of the um, British households had a freezer. So we just didn't have ice. And if you had ice... 
if you went to a pub or like most bars, the ice would just be like in a bucket like this, and you'd just help yourself. So if you wanted a gin tonic, it would be gin and tonic. And if you wanted ice, you'd get it from this. And once they'd run out, they'd run out. There was no delivering ice. There was no ice machine. It was just a couple of trays and and that kind of thing. And so often, yeah, that would be there would also be a jug of water on the bar. It's quite it's a totally separate topic and probably something of an interesting one for another show. But like just looking at like old films and how they drink in old films, I think is quite fascinating. How different it was to what it is now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so gin and food, I. I feel like most people aren't going to sit down and do a, a, a gin menu. And, and that's okay, because we're going to do it for them. Um, so those of you listening, you're going to learn, you're going to learn up some things today. And then you're going to go out and you're going to have a, a gin experience on your own, a gin experience, if you will. Um, that's pushing it, dude. Yeah. That's I mean, pushing it. Um, you got two editors hemming you in. Like, uh, uh, uh. So anyway, as you suggested it, Kelly, it's just arrived. What? What is that? <laughs> That's my shrimp cocktail. cocktail? <laughs> yes, I know why we're downstairs. <laughs> and the, anyway, so Kelly suggested this. Yeah, it's a shrimp cocktail. We sometimes call it a prawn cocktail in the UK, but anyway, it's prawns and a bit of lettuce and some seafood sauce. But... Sorry, what? <laughs> Okay, that's our resident vegan, not, yes, Julie. not doing well with that. Um, <laughs> Wait a minute, does that sound good? Yeah. Shrimp cocktail? Really? Shrimp cocktail. Yeah. It's like a no, but like with lettuce? Of, instead of just yeah, it's and like just little, no, and just like eating with, with a fork, I get shrimp cocktail and like you take the, the shrimp and you dip it in the sauce. That just seems like a little it's it's seventies old school. The predecessor. So we did things in the seventies. We didn't we didn't have we only just got freezers. <laughs> Last week they only just got them. Oh. I like it, Gary. I like it. I can. I like your work. I like it. I'm enjoying it. So, what does everybody think of this Rogue Spirits gin? I'm a fan, actually. I was surprised. So, Pinot barrel aged, honestly, with bacon and chocolate, and I'm kind of want to. I, I kind of want to do this with um, a fillet, bacon wrapped fillet. Mm. But I want to do sort of like a mole, and I'm not a huge fan of putting sauces on, on a majority of steaks, but I want to do like a classical sauce Robert, but I want to take it a little further and do like a mole type of thing with it. A little bit of roasted chili. That'd be good. And I want to do that. Yeah, this pairs roasted, so well with chocolate. Yeah. So mole sauce would be great. Some good heel peppers, grind them up into the, into the sauce Robert, and I want to drizzle that on top of a bacon-wrapped filet with this gin. That is my entree for this for this menu. Hmm. I dig it. I can get behind it. We because it's barrel aged to me obviously going to be very reminiscent of a bourbon, right? I love the way it pairs with the um chocolate covered bacon, but I'm feeling like for an appetizer doing the spicy candied bacon. Mm. Where you you park cook the bacon, you pull it out, you coat it in a butter brown sugar mix with some chili flake on top, and then you finish it, and it candies the bacon. I feel like that would be a great appetizer to pair with this. See, whereas I'm going with a chocolate dessert theme, okay. something with like a molten lava cake. But so my chocolate was um, banana <coughs> coconut. So if you did mm, some sort of foster, yeah. 
but somehow incorporate chocolate into that, like a banana Foster's lava cake, something or other. White chocolate mousse. That's actually one of the things I was famous for back then. That would be freaking baller. There you go. Either of you two have thoughts on this particular (laughs) this particular um, penal barrel arrested gin? And Kenny, what was your choice of? We did a gin menu, didn't we, for Christmas? We did. I can't remember what I had. I know, I know part of my, my starter was with this, but not with wow. a big gin. Well, I would have it big gin now. Um, but I can't remember what yours was. It was quite amusing, wasn't it? Um, I think, but I think my starter was a caviar um, with champagne, is I think was what it was. Uh, I think not having had the spruce Pinot Noir, um, one of the things that I would feel of knowing uh, aged spirits, especially in wine barrels and things like that, and knowing the idea of maybe a bacon-wrapped filet, I would kind of want to pull it the other way and maybe have the bacon and the meat, uh, umami kind of things as a accent as opposed to the main course. Because I think with something of like if that strong flavor, especially if you want to, do you want to uh, uplift the gin or do you want to uplift the main course? And I think that's the hard thing when you do alcohol pairings with wine pairings wine is usually the thing that helps uh the food accents the wine with spirit pairings they usually don't do so well because people are the chef and the bartender sometimes doesn't really talk to each other and so they both have an idea of who they want the star to be and so there's two really aggressive flavor profiles that are competing with each other and it can be a lot for the palate so I think what I would do is, is maybe take those umami meat, uh, candy, bacony, chocolatey notes, and maybe do something to, as a garnish for, let's say, as the UK calls it, a jacket or a baked potato. So you have that starchy goodness into it, maybe some butter, maybe some really nice high quality fat, uh, like sour cream in there. Um, and then you could do like onions and scallions to be your kind of top notes, but then you can just garnish the heck out of it with that candy chocolate bacon as a way to play nice with the, the gin that you're drinking. Damn. This woman has ideas. I like it. I what? Like it. Yes. I'm not opposed. She will definitely be at our next experience. Yeah. <laughs> Better be because. Yeah. Holy. Yeah. Mm. I would go. Y'all just volunteer her to cook. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we sure did. Um, for the dessert, I might go down the route of putting the gin in the freezer so it's a little bit thicker, a little bit more viscous, serve it in a small stemmed glass, and then have it with like an eaten mess or something like that. Does that translate or not? No, yeah. it does not. Oh. It's berries, there are lots of fresh berries, strawberries, raspberries, blueberries, and then meringue. You crush it up. And then some cream. So you can have your vegan, you know, you can have vegan, you know, your the variation on it easily. Out. And that would still be very nice. But it's mostly just fresh fruit with a bit of cream and a bit of meringue. And you mix it all up and you have it in a little glass and you, so it's very, like, it's light, it's cool, it's refreshing. And then that with the chilled or like from the freezer hmm. aged gin, I think would work really well. And it's just kind of balancing it out so you can have that richness later on. But you can have, still have a dessert and still have the sweetness, but it's a bit lighter, perhaps. It depends. It depends like how you go. Like if you go still from the plate. lighter in the main and you want to go heavy on the like chocolate for the dessert, then you can do that. But if you don't, 
and then I mean, you go down the, oh, and, that, and it's so easy to do you could give people an option in honesty which one do you want you could do an eat and mess and then just take dark chocolate and just shave it over the top to kind yeah, of bring lovely. out those notes oh, yeah. out of the out of the age right. out of the rusted gin so you're both coming to the next experience cool yeah. thanks <laughs> loving it i'll be there <clears throat> so i feel like it's what? now for the round robin what the fuck is a round robin where we throw out for instance i'm gonna yell out crab cakes and then we're all gonna talk about the gin that we would pair with crab cakes oh okay. Ooh, question yes uh what kind of crab? <laughs> this is going to be way harder than you thought. Oh, no, it's not. Maryland. Maryland blue crab. Maryland blue crab. Frozen or fresh? Fresh. Uh, fried in oil or butter? Butter. What's the soft garnish? Or is there a soft garnish? No soft garnish, because that's that'll add too many variables. Mm, <laughs> mm, <laughs> mm. Uh, gin on its own or in a cocktail? <laughs> on its own. You know what? I I I think I have I have what I would pick. Smith, what would? Oh, she's gonna go get. Yeah, something. she's right, she's go. gonna make the cocktail. Oh God, she might. <laughs> Wouldn't put a bastard. Uh, Smith, what would you what would you do with whatever the hell Justin just said about a blue something something no garnish? Who? <laughs> Who are you talking to? You! Oh. Oh. What did you say? Well, I'm Smith, it's Salty Nuts, that's why. Oh, Salty Nuts, sorry, Salty uh, Nuts. It's a, the only Kelly can call me Smith, that's the only one. She's, oh, she, she, has the, she has the privilege, I'm afraid. <laughs> David, what would you pair oh, with crab? Be, I mean, I'm happy with Smoky Nuts, but anyway, sorry. Um, Smoky Nuts. Um, <laughs> I would go down the route of a classic martini, not too big, one two ounces but i might go navy strength oh and then a lemon twist and i wouldn't put the twist in there just the oil on the top because i think the crab is going to be enough i think you just want something occasionally that you just sit on the side there you go okay she's back she is back and what has she got I oh have yeah tarquin uh so tarquin's in his english gin this is the Cornish Common Bramley Apple Gin. This is a traditional oh. London dry style, but the base of it is going to be two different heirloom apples coming from the region. Um, so this is called the Stable Gin. Um, I think that you're going to need a little bit of sweetness because you're going to have so much of that iodine-ness with like, uh, with the, the even, even the Maryland crab is sweet. You're going to also have some fattiness from the fry, a little bit of the bread. You need something that, as my grandmother called it, cuts the grease. Um, and so you want something that's going to be a fruit base, but you're not something that wants to add sweetness to it because usually uh, crab cakes are served at the beginning of the meal. So you have still have things to go. And so you don't want anything too rich on your palate because you're going to be drinking more. So you want just something light and crisp. And I would definitely either serve this in, let's say, as an extra dry martini from the freezer. I like that texture that uh, David has talked about. But really, I just think something that kind of pulls out um, lightness and delicate natures from the crab cake. I think you make a really great point, Kelly. I think apple gin, I mean, there are a couple around. It's also really easy to make because I'll touch on that in a, in a quick sec. But I think that just works so well 
could work so well with food pairing. We just don't see very many. I mean, like the recipe, the old recipe for apple gin, apparently is very popular in Scotland, or whatever, for, for some reason. Basically, the simplest is you peel the apples, you core them, you chop them up, and you stick them in the gin, and you leave it to infuse, and that's it. So it's what it's so easy. Just take the core out and the pips, take the skin off, chop it up, infuse. Ideally, you want a tartar apple, which is why the Bramley apple works particularly well. I don't, I'm not familiar whether the Bramley apple is in the US or not. I know it's a particular UK variety from Nottinghamshire or somewhere, the home of Robin Hood. But, um, <laughs> that jolly old but, but uh, yeah, some sort of slightly tart, tartar apple, I think, works particularly well. We should see more apple, apple gin. I think it'd be nice to see it. Uh, are you ready for the second one? Yes. Fried chicken. Ooh. Okay. Question. Yes. Mm. Uh, leg thigh or breast? Uh, we're doing a combo. We're doing a bucket. Oh, you know, there's two different ways. You, you can't have a. You can't have your cake and eat it gonna, too here. All right, fine. We're gonna go white meat. We're gonna go white meat. Rest me. Okay. Are, are we are we uh, marinated anything before we dredge and fry? We're going to take some wishbone Italian dressing and just throw that in overnight. <laughs> Why would you do that? I don't want to eat this chicken. Because I've worked in corporate restaurants and that's what they do. Oh. Okay. All right. Uh, what are you frying it in? Uh, we're going to do um, manteca. We're going to do lard. Okay. Lard, okay, lard. Um, and what is the dredge? Is it just flour? Is it flour and rice? It's just flour. Is it seasoned. It is, is flour AP seasoned. Seasoned with what? Seasoned with coriander, dill, black pepper, salt, and a tiny bit of cumin. Uh, fresh <gasps> dill or dried dill? Dried dill. Dried dill. Okay. All right. Do you want a moment, Kelly? I'll give you my answer. My, my, Go ahead. You, 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 <laughs> oh, fried chicken. Yeah, that's it. No more questions. I'll do. I'll, I'll pick up that. She is um, furious. Like, wow. She just, and she's she gone. She left again. again. She's, she's gone. gone. She's gone. Um, I would go for a maple gin old fashioned, possibly with a splash of saline solution. Oh. Okay. So either use a maple gin, which is a gin with maple syrup mixed into it, or you use the maple syrup as your sweetener. And that would be mine. Add that little sweetness, the classic combination. I mean, that, I mean, that's, that, I mean that's my approach. Uh, Kelly has a different approach, but that's my approach to anything. Is like, what else, what typically works well with these flavours? And then just try and make a drink out of it based on that. I didn't, yeah. I didn't give her the side, though, but all right. <laughs> oh, smoked rosemary. So easily to get hold of and now discontinued. <laughs> she's she's going to Oh. Boutique gin, smoked raspberry, Tom Collins. Because oh. the fact is fried food with lemon is amazing. It gives it come some brightness. It cuts through. It cuts through some of the fat, especially if we're only using white meat. You don't want anything too heavy because the, the meat is a little bit gamier. Now, when I eat fried chicken, I like buttermilk, uh, rice in it, rice flour, and regular flour because the rice actually creates a uh, stronger connection to things. So that when you fry it, it puffs. 
I use Crisco in oil. Uh, vegetable oil is my thing. I fry it in shallow cast iron. Um, and I like the thigh meat. And if I was going to do it for the thigh meat, I would just do beef eaters reserve chilled with a glass of soda water on the side. So ah. light meat, dark meat. Wow. Kelly is, wow, like no nonsense. She is on it. Intense pairing suggestions. Yes. Well done you. Like, okay, if anyone wants to know about gin and food, Kelly Rivers, everybody. (laughs) Do we have time for one more? One more. Last one. (sighs) Key lime pie. Ooh, yummy. Questions. Ah! I would be so upset and disappointed if you didn't have questions. Yeah. Um, yes. Are we talking about pie crust or graham cracker crust? Uh, graham cracker. Are we talking about fresh key limes or key lime juice? Uh, let's go with juice because that's readily available. Are you talking about a baked meringue or are you talking about whipped cream? Baked meringue. Uh, Engl- uh, French or Italian? Italian meringue. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just way. waiting for she's her thinking, to disappear. She's gonna leave again. Just like this, just five like, seconds. We should really like screenshot her thinking face because it's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> also, she has probably hundreds of gins. Thousands of gins. She's she's looking. She's looking. <laughs> oh, she's up. She's up from her seat. Oh, she's just reaching over. She didn't actually leave this time. Oh, interesting. Maybe. Interesting. Well, however, while she's still. Thinking and searching, David, or what with toasty? Yeah, I smoky nuts, smoky nuts. What would you pair with a key lime pie? Toasty nuts. <laughs> I would go for some sort of dark chocolate Negroni, I think. So I'd make a Negroni and then find some sort of dark chocolate or liqueur to add into that and add a little bit of depth and bitterness. Or I would go for Kelly, what's the name of that it's coffee Negroni that we have in the book? I can't remember now. Anyway, there's a one that we have, which is basically, it's equal parts gin, uh, red vermouth, Campari, and then chilled espresso. And it's the same thing. But it, it's that it's having that darkness, that richness, that bitterness to counter the citrus and the sweetness and the slight spice of the key lime pie. So my thoughts, you could go two ways. You could go like on like, and this is the Russell Henry's white ginger. So that spiciness of the ginger that cuts through that the egg and the cream of the, the high-end citrus. And then I would probably just do this with either uh, chilled or in a, um, in a perfect uh, um, martini. So a little bit of sweet vermouth, a little bit of, of dry vermouth um, with a lemon twist, um, expressed and discarded. So if you want to go like on like, now, if you want to do something a little bit on the counterbalance, very much like the chocolate uh, Negroni that uh, David just talked about, this is a Geneva. This is an aged Geneva oh. that's finished in sherry cast. Oh. So you get a lot of that rich and ripeness. So it does kind of signify the end of the meal, um, very much like your key lime pie. It gives a little bit of depth. It pulls out some of those, uh, those baking spice notes out of the crust, uh, cuts through a lot of the bright acidity but the sherry really kind of brings out the nutty qualities that really kind of brings out a lot of those like deeper richer spaces where citrus is like the first thing you taste the spice notes is going to be the last thing it tastes so it will actually lengthen and and cut some of the brightness from the key light mm. 
Damn, uh, again, <clears throat> blown away. Well done, you. <laughs> I, uh, I think if you, uh, my other thought on if you wanted something in the similar, like, like as Kelly was saying, like, because you can go either way, do you complement or do you contrast? And I guess like, that's it, any pairing, it's like, do you complement, do you contrast mm, yep. the, the concept? So you could go for, if you can get it, go for a slightly more citrusy forward gin and then do a martini maybe four to one, three to one with something which is called stoned ginger wine. If you oh. can get it, or you possibly could use King's ginger. Yeah. And then, and you need to shake it. I know some people don't like shaking their gin martinis, but you get a fluffiness in the texture, this aeration, which works really well. And I think that would be dry enough that it wouldn't be overwhelming. And that is called a Cushing cocktail, which is, um, named after um, the actor that lived in Whitstable with the whole gin and gingerbread thing. Peter Cushing, he's a, like a horror film actor, if anyone's ever come across him. It does, that name does sound very familiar. And he's also Grand Moff Tarkin in Star Wars. Oh! If you've seen well, Star you Wars, go. there you go. <laughs> but yeah, that's his, uh, a well-known, uh, designed because it's a vegetarian cocktail, well-known vegetarian as he was. So there we go. There it is. All right. Well, uh, we'll definitely have you both back for our holiday gin and food pairing yes. edition. Um, Fourth of July one. edition. I'm just kidding. Gin <laughs> <laughs> to the movies. I want to do like drinks in the movies. Uh, yeah. Consider it. Consider That's it. Not, that would be, that'd be a great episode. Yeah. A couple yeah. of episodes, probably. Yeah. Yeah. You. <laughs> in the meantime, would you like to plug your book? Yes, always. Um, <laughs> Go for it. So, uh, so uh, Kelly and I, we've got the, the, it's just called Negroni. It's easy to find. It's David T. Smith and Kelly Rivers. It's out all over the shop. Um, but coming soon, I don't know, is it August it comes out? September? I think it's August. Our new year. book, which I believe, I believe was an exclusive here. I, this is where we broke the news about it. Our dessert cocktail book, <gasps> which is a whole range of different um spirits it's not just gin there is a chunk of gin in there but you know if you want a cocktail that tastes like a black forest gato we've got gotcha. and Stop a number it. of other ah! holiday food pairing episode oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> what oh we're we are so excited we will be sharing that far and wide because who doesn't love dessert in a glass yeah that you can drink true and you only have it when you're happy that's okay that's it it's we a fun, fun time drinking. All right. Um, well, uh, Joy, you want to bring us home? Yeah, sure. Thank you all so very much for joining us, Ramblers. It has been a pleasure and a delight to come to you again with some more fantastic gin, junk food, amazing cocktail and food pairing ideas. Um, so thanks for tuning in. Do be sure to follow Mindy at uh, Whiskey Editor Justin at Bevluence and me, myself, and I at Louis Tipple. Of course, you can follow Kelly Rivers and David T. Smith. And if you haven't already, which y'all should, because I think you probably have, but if you haven't, join our Facebook community because it's a really great group of people from all around the world sharing like-minded ideas about alcohol. So it's a good time. Uh, so be sure to join us next time when we discuss those assholes who only want a uh, Bombay Sapphire. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time. Download almost anywhere. Join our Facebook group.
And follow us at Swig and Ramble on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook and Twitter for more fermented fuckery. Cheers!